Gentlemen, start your engines. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us. Um, for those of you that wanted to watch tonight on video, uh, we are recording, but we're not able to uh stream the show live we had a little bit of a technical issue that i'm not going to be able to address until after the show uh, but we are recording so that is good let me see if we're gonna if we can connect nope it's not going to let us connect so we are not live on the video stream we're only live on audio which is fine because the show used to be uh, only live uh, via audio but uh, here we are so i was a little bit frazzled there at the beginning of the show in any case, uh, we've got a great show lined up for you tonight. Robert Sullivan is here. Now, he's been with us. I think this is maybe his third, possibly his fourth appearance. I needed to look that up. Uh, I think this might be his fourth appearance. And he talks about hidden symbols in media and movies. And that's going to be exciting. He'll be back with us, and he's got some new information to share. And we'll be talking about uh, his uh, latest book also a little bit, The Royal Ark of Enoch, uh, that as well. So looking forward to that interview coming up here in just 28 minutes. Okay. A lot going on in the news. This came in, uh, just before we went live. Um, the sister of wall street fraudster, Bernie Madoff and her husband were found dead in what investigators, uh, are saying is an apparent murder suicide that took place in Palm Beach, Florida. That's in South Florida, that sort of rich area where Mar-a-Lago is, where Trump lives and Madoff, uh, you know, used to have a place down there. Uh, Epstein, of course, was in Palm Beach area. Really a tragedy, though. Um, the sister of Bernie Madoff and then her husband both found dead. Uh, investigators say it was an apparent murder suicide in Palm Beach, Florida. So, uh, Wow. Just uh, shocking to hear that news coming in. Uh, isn't that terrible, though, to be remembered, to be famous for something that one of your relatives did to for you to be infamous? Really, I think it's it's a tragedy, you know, so here she is. I don't know, probably just a normal person living a normal life, probably had her own career and, and all that didn't do anything. Uh, but now she's remembered in death because of her brother, Bernie Madoff. So, uh, if you're a brother <laughs> out there, be a good brother, live a good life. Don't leave your, uh, your evil moniker on your family members. Uh, just a sad story to report tonight. Okay. Next week, we've got former CIA agent, Eric Burkhart is here and, uh, he'll be back with us to talk about really everything happening in the world. He's always got a great perspective on international, events and he'll be with us uh, to talk about uh, everything going on in the world including politics here in the u.s the you know uh, elections coming up in the fall and in particular i want to ask him about ukraine you know what is happening in 
uh, Ukraine. What is his take on it? We're hearing so much conflicting information about Ukraine, whether or not Ukraine uh, is there a legitimate concern of Russia invading or is it a false flag? Is it being used as a distraction against uh, away from what's happening here domestically? Uh, who knows? But we'll get more on that uh, from him. He seems to have a great insight on those kinds of things. He'll be with us next week in our guest segment. Well, today was my today was an opportunity to go to a birthday party. My niece, uh, she is just a tremendous person and she has foster kids and she's adopting and just doing all these wonderful things. I, I think it's just doing God's work, taking care of these little kids. Uh, so one of the foster kids had a birthday today and I went over to uh, the birthday celebration. It was a great time. And if you want to see some pictures from that, it's on my Facebook page. You'll be able to see that uh, on the Facebook page, um, a picture of me with my niece and my nephew uh, and some fun pictures from the party. Uh, I also did on Facebook, I did a video of me yesterday walking around uh, and showing America's oldest street, the oldest street in the United States. Uh, I took you to that street in this video that is on my Facebook page. So you can find that as well. If you go to Facebook, type in my name, James L. Paris. I am still accepting friends on my personal page because I think the limit is 5,000 and I think I'm at like 3,500. So I still have some space, but once it hits 5,000, then that's it. There, there can't be any more personal friends um, there is an option then to convert the page into what's called like a fan page, but I'm not sure that I want to do that. I like all the features and sort of the personal, uh, you know, part of, of having this, you know, uh, as you know, people being personal friends and I get to see what's on your newsfeed and pictures of you, you and your babies and your vacations and your fun things. And you get to see mine and I like to keep it like that. So I wish there were, you know, there's going to be more space than the 5,000. Maybe they'll expand that at some point. Uh, but I've got 3,400, 3,500, something like that. So there is space for some more friends to be added. Okay. This story I found very fascinating. 100 White Castle locations are going to get robotic cooks. So White Castle, the place that makes the little square hamburgers, which I love. I grew up in Chicago and literally within walking distance from my house was a White Castle. And we were going up there all the time as kids growing up. And then I eventually got a job there. Once I turned 16, I worked there for two years. I actually became a training instructor. <laughs> they wanted me to stay and go into management and all of that. I probably would have ended up with a lot more money <laughs> had I taken that track. I have a relative that actually uh, worked for them since the time he was like 16 and went into management and upper management and ended up uh, doing really, really well financially. But in any case, 100 White Castle locations are getting robotic fry cooks. And what this means is that these robots are supposedly going to be able to cook faster and operate more efficiently than their human counterparts. <laughs> so that'll be interesting to see what this does to the fast food industry, because the, the number one thing that you hear from people in that industry is that the problem is with with getting workers. And, you know, think about it like this. I, I worked in that business I grew up working in restaurants in Chicago, even before I was legally supposed to be working. It's not a, it's, it's a tough business. It's, it's hard work. 
you don't get treated super well by anybody when you're in that kind of work. Um, it's sort of thankless work. Um, nobody's going to pin a medal on your chest for making a burger for somebody or dropping some French fries down. And it's dirty work. A lot of it is involves, you know, you're working around steam and grease all day and it's just not a super pleasurable, uh, you know, job to, for anybody to have. Uh, so it's hard to find people that want to do that kind of work, especially when with the price pressures that there are, they can only pay you just minimum wage or a little bit better than minimum wage, I guess, is what they're doing now to try to get people. But look, if they could re replace someone with a one-time cost of a robot, why wouldn't you do that? I mean, I have heard stories of what the future is going to be like in a McDonald's. You'll have like an entire McDonald's restaurant with maybe one or two employees and the rest of the restaurant running on automation. Now, when we think about robotic automation in a restaurant, we tend to think in terms of like, you know, seeing an actual robot like George Jetson's robot, Rosie, you know, so, something that looks like a human being, but is but as a robot, it doesn't have to be that. And I don't think it's going to look like that. I think it's going to look like automation. That is, you're going to see, uh, you know, machinery. You're going to see baskets of fries uh, being dropped uh, just by a machine. And then once that basket of fries is dropped, it's going to be brought back up. It's going to be dumped out. Then that machine is going to have a way on a conveyor or something to get more fries to drop down in the next batch. And that automation is all going to be synced with what happens uh, at the at the register when the order is put in. And this is going to be everything from burgers being made to fries being dropped uh, to things being boxed up. It's going to be really incredible. And when you think about how, how they're already doing this, they're already replacing the cashier. They're replacing the cashier with the, the self-service kiosk. And I think soon it'll just be on your phone. I, I think that it's going to be very quickly that the whole option of, of ordering on your phone ahead of time, which is available at places like Starbucks, I think it's just going to be you don't walk up and speak to a person. I think you just click a couple buttons on your phone and that's how you place your order. Uh, most places seem to be going to these kiosks, even in more, uh, you know, uh, sit down type restaurants like Olive Garden. They now have a little, it looks like an iPad on your table and you actually pay your bill and everything through this iPad. You can click the button and the uh, server will come by. You can add to your order. Um, it, it, we're really going there. Right. And I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, I mean, part of me says, okay, I get it from the business owner standpoint, their biggest challenge is people hiring and keeping people and the wage pressure is there. So they can't pay people a lot of money. So that's a big problem for the business. But I don't know if I, I, I guess I just feel like, do I trust, do I trust the robotic process to make me a good meal? Am I going to feel differently about it because there's not a person that's involved in the process of making me that meal? I don't know. It, it's it's going to be different. It, it's really going to be different. And we're getting now to the point where some places don't want your cash anymore. So it's going to be like a cashless transaction, probably on your smartphone or through a kiosk. And then you may not actually ever interact with a person. 
you may walk into one of these places and actually place your order and get your food and everything and sit down and eat and throw away your trash and never actually see a person, a worker. I don't know. It just seems odd to me, but it is the future. And White Castle is leading the way. Again, 100 White Castle locations to get robotic fry cooks that will cook faster and be able to make more food than a human being. The D.C. National Guard uh, is being told to get ready. Uh, They're being put on standby for what is expected to be a potential U.S.-based truck convoy. Now, this is uh, a U.S.-based truck protest, which will be sort of in the shadow of our brothers from the north, the Canadian truck protest, which that is still going on in Ottawa, Canada. That is crazy what is going on. They're arresting people. They're freezing people's bank accounts that are involved. Um, They're closing down the, the crowdfunding sites that are raising money for the truckers. A lot of weird things are going on there, almost like communist China, what's happening in Canada. So the the truckers here in the U.S. are saying, hey, that is that protest is certainly doing damage to the Canadian economy. Maybe it's time for a protest here in the United States by truckers. Now, I'm not exactly sure if they're going to be protesting the same thing, because I don't know that we have a similar mandate that you can't cross state lines or whatnot without being vaccinated. Maybe there is. I just don't know about that. I know in certain locations, especially in the blue states, they do have some very onerous laws uh, about requiring vaccinations for people, including truckers. Maybe it'll just be a similar uh, type of a protest against that sort of thing, but maybe it'll be uh, for other things too. Maybe they'll be protesting for better working conditions, more pay, Uh, Who knows what will happen, but uh, that's interesting to watch. And somebody posted on my social media, they said, just watch and see that the the people in Washington are already gearing up to try to turn this into another January 6th type of an event, uh, ready to call it sedition. Uh, And these people are traitors and to turn this into something like that. I don't know. It would be a tragedy if they did do that. But wouldn't you love to see like uh, 100,000 trucks like go to Washington, D.C. and like blockade the city in some kind of a protest? I would love to see that. I don't know about you, but I think that would be fantastic. Uh, And it looks like it could happen as the D.C. National Guard is being put on standby. Uh, Now, I want to talk. Well, let me before I get into that, let me share this story with you from Zero Hedge. Zero Hedge. Here's the here's the headline. Lumber prices have never been this high ahead of spring building season. And the quote here is, quote, we're out of everything. End quote. Now, this is what we're going to see an unprecedented going into the spring building season. We're going to see not only incredible cost for for lumber it's going to be off the charts prices we've never seen before for lumber but even if you're willing to pay the top dollar price you may not be able to actually get the lumber that you need to finish your house and this is what i'm seeing in my own neighborhood i live in a neighborhood in northeast florida that is just going crazy there's so much building going on but let me tell you what's happening 
what's happening right now is I'm seeing a lot of foundations being poured, but not, not a lot happening after that. There must be right now in my neighborhood, at least five or six building sites where the foundation is already poured and it's ready. They're ready to start building, but they're not. And I'm being told this is because they don't have the materials. So if you're somebody that is in the market for a house, let me tell you how this is going to hurt you. It's going to hurt you if you're building, of course, because the cost of building is is going, no, no pun intended, but going through the roof. Uh, but even if you're not building, what this is doing is, co is causing the price of existing already built homes to skyrocket. And uh, if you already own a home, like in my case, it's incredible. The house that I broadcast from here in Florida, I originally we bought this house for $125,000 in 2010. Right now, it is more than 400000 in value. So that's more than threefold it has gone up in value since we originally bought it in 2010. And the other thing that's happening in the housing industry, too, that you've got to watch really closely is that interest rates are starting to inch up. They're still great compared to where rates have been historically, but there's a lot of people that are trying to get into the market right now to buy because they're afraid of what's going to happen with interest rates because we know rates are going to go up. They have to because of inflation. If you're not someone that studied economics, what they have to do is they have to now raise rates to deal with this unprecedented uh, you know, month over month inflation that we're seeing. So that's got to happen at some point. That's going to affect the 10-year bond, which will then affect the rates on 30-year mortgages. Rates are still good. That's why a lot of people are trying to jump in right now and get on board and, and get in that, that pipeline to get a house built or to buy an existing home while the rates are still decent. So there's a lot happening in the real estate market, and it's very complicated. It's not just you want to buy a house you just drive around and pick one out and you buy it. it. People are in bidding wars to get it to get houses that are already built because it's so difficult now to build a house. And the people in the construction side of it are telling me of their nightmares where maybe they sold a house on a contract six months ago or a year ago. They took a contract to build a house and they're going to lose money now delivering that house because those prices were locked in. A year ago at a year ago, price of wood and concrete and everything else. And they've got to now deliver that house at today's prices. So we're probably going to see some changes in real estate contracts. I've heard some stories recently of builders trying to get out of these contracts. It's tough to get out of them, though. I mean, if you have a pretty straightforward contract where somebody hired you to build a house for them and there was a number there and you put that number in writing and they gave you a deposit, that's a contract. So um, we're going to have to see some probably change in these contracts where there's going to be some sort of uh, a clause to allow them to adjust uh, to a higher price uh, based on the cost of commodities, in particular, the cost of wood. Uh, it, it is just, it, it's crazy. And it's not only the cost of all this, you can't get it. Some of these houses, they're built, but there's no garage door because they can't get a garage door. They can't get their certificate of occupancy. The whole house is built, but there are no windows 
because no matter how much they're willing to spend, they can't get windows. So they can't get their certificate of occupancy. So these are problems um, that are right now happening in the real estate market. Um, if you're in real estate as a business, it could be good for you right now, depending on what part of the the industry that you're in. Certainly people in mortgages are doing really well. Mortgage loan officers are doing well. Real estate agents are doing well. Builders could be doing well, depending on how much they, you know, how many contracts they have at these older prices that they've got to fulfill on. Okay. Um, tonight's sponsor is me. <laughs> and that is my weight loss transformation is tonight's sponsor. So as of tonight's broadcast, since the end of October, when I went on this program where I eat six meals a day, I have lost now 39 pounds. Let me say that again. I have lost 39 pounds since the end of October. Unbelievable. And uh, that program is a simple program. It's affordable and I'd love to talk to you about it if you'd like to find out more about my weight loss transformation and how it can apply to you. I'd be happy to talk to you on the phone, give you a 15-minute phone call at no cost to find out more about it. I did a video in St. Augustine, uh, took you to the oldest city, uh, the, the oldest city, it is the oldest city in the United States, took you to the oldest street in the United States, and I was talking about my weight loss and, and, and some of the benefits of it. And one of the things that I want to mention to you tonight is that I really feel like I had a food addiction and going on this program where I eat six small meals a day, it really broke that food addiction. And I've been able to recognize the difference between hunger and just sort of a psychological craving, your brain saying, it's time to eat, go get something from the refrigerator, really realizing what real hunger is versus a psychological craving. Uh, so if you want to find out more, it's, it's a journey that I have enjoyed thoroughly. I've tried a lot of different weight loss programs. Nothing ever worked for me. I've never lost this much weight in this short of a period of time. I mean, it's been only four months and I've lost literally almost almost 40 pounds sitting right now tonight at a 39-pound weight loss. Tonight's sponsor is My Weight Loss Transformation. Uh, just send me a private message on Facebook or send me an email, jim at christianmoney.com, and let's talk about what is possible for you. All right, this next story is a little bit gross. I will give you that, but I wanted to report it anyway because if you're somebody that likes dollar stores, which I do, this is not an indictment of all dollar stores, but it does make you think twice about family dollar. Okay. The FDA this last week reported that it found over 1000 dead rodents at the Arkansas family dollar distribution center. And I don't know how to feel about that. I, I know when you read about rodents in uh, you know, factories like meat factories and, and places like that, you hear from people in an industry, oh yeah, it's commonplace. You can't get rid of all the rodents. They're going to be there no matter what you do. Uh, you just have to follow certain procedures to make sure that the food is safe. I, I don't feel comfortable with that. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable with there being one rodent, rat, mouse, whatever we're going to call them uh, around my food. Uh, but the idea of a thousand a thousand dead rodents found 
at an Arkansas family dollar distribution center. That is disturbing to me. I have to tell you, I'm not so sure that I'm going to be at a family dollar anytime soon. Uh, I've always been a little bit, I don't know, squeamish about buying food at places like that. Um, it, there's not usually a lot of good nutritious food there anyway. Uh, sometimes I'll get some canned goods, things like that, but it's the place I'll go into to maybe get a deal on toothpaste or some eye drops or maybe a little toy for a kid's party. Uh, I'll sometimes get cleaning supplies at a place like that. You can get good prices on a lot of things, but not sure you want to buy your lunch meat there. I'm just saying. Uh, and you got to wonder, how do you end up with a thousand dead rodents? I mean, they just build up in there. You'd think the smell alone that you would find them a thousand dead rodents, I guess better dead than alive, but still, um, and this story was really upsetting to a lot of people on my Facebook page, a Texas children's hospital reportedly denies a teenager's life saving kidney transplant because he is unvaccinated. Wow. How do you do that? How do you turn somebody down for a life-saving surgery because they're not vaccinated? I mean, maybe he couldn't get the vaccination because of his own health circumstances. Has anybody thought about that? I mean, someone that might have kidney issues and needs a kidney transplant, maybe their doctor doesn't want them uh, to get the vaccine. Uh, but this is the kind of such backwards thinking in the medical industry. You think these are smart people and I get it that they want people to be vaccinated, but to turn someone down uh, to guarantee someone's death because they're not vaccinated, which by being vaccinated might help them to avoid getting COVID, which might lead to death. But there's a certain death here by them not getting uh, this kidney transplant. Unbelievable. Uh, all right. The Oscars, the Academy Awards are going to require vaccination. So uh, anybody who goes there as a nominee uh, for, for the guests, but get this, but uh, guests and nominees will have to have proof of a vaccination to get into the Academy Awards, but not presenters. So these are the big shots, the big names, uh, the A-list people that are the ones that come out to the podium uh, and they give the awards, the presenters, the big names, the multi-million dollar stars. They're not going to be required to be vaccinated. Only the guests and the nominees are required to be vaccinated. So you see, even in Hollywood, even amongst the multi-multi-millionaires, the stars, there is a two-tier system there. And this is what people have a problem with. They have a problem with all of the celebrities being unmasked at the Super Bowl and then preaching to us the day before and the day after about how all of us need to wear masks when we go out in public. We're just not buying it anymore. And here's another example of hypocrisy. Uh, speaking of inflation and things going through the roof, the price of gold hit a nine-month high this week, hitting $1,900. And I think we're going to see much higher prices for gold. I'm not a big gold bug, 
But I've always said it's smart to put 10 or 15% of your money into gold. I own a little bit of gold, not a lot. I think the better inflation hedge is probably cryptocurrency. Uh, but it is interesting to see gold is is moving up. And this is, again, when you see gold moving up and a lot of these prices, the price of food, the price of gas, these these are inflation figures that will cause the Fed to have to raise rates. That's why we're seeing the panic buying in the real estate market. People want to lock in those rates and buy those houses. And here's just another sign of inflation. Gold, $1,900, a nine-month high. And uh, those are our headlines tonight. We're going to take a one-minute break, and we'll be back with our good friend Rob Sullivan as he returns to talk about hidden symbols in movie and media. We'll refire the open. We'll be back in one minute with Rob. Stand by. We'll be back.